0: to connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, and also to connect to your lovely hosts.
1: Welcome Welcome to to the the Endless Endless Honeymoon Honeymoon Podcast.
0: Redwood edition.
1: We're in the woods.
0: We have escaped to the woods. I'm already over it. How long have we been here? A month. We've been here a month due to the strange scheduling of this podcast. You may have thought we were still at home. But no, we've been in the woods for a month. You don't like it?
1: Well, I just found out that there's a mountain lion on the street. And so now, you know...
0: That, that was a low point, I guess.
1: When I'm on vacation, or at least trying to, quote, get away, I don't want to also be, like, protecting my child and three dogs from a monster.
0: <laughs> we it, we did find out from a neighbor that there is what she described as a a bold... Mountain lion. Who
1: just comes right up to your door. It ate her cat and her dog. And here's the most important thing her pussy. <laughs> no, this is the most important thing why I'm really scared is because the second night we were here, I heard this loud banging on the door. I woke up. I told Mosh, and he was like, oh, you're crazy. And then he heard it three times. And then my friend, I heard it once. my friend who talked to the mountain lion lady, she said, that's what they do. They do like a like, a, I can't do it. It's like a.
0: Yeah, we know with what. With their a, stick. H- don't, you don't have to I know, but I'm RV. just saying. Everybody knows what a knock is.
1: It's like. It's like Wait, a. with their stick, did you say? Or with. Sometimes they like. With mm-hmm. a stick, they're going to. No, but <laughs> mountain
0: lions don't have sticks that they bang on his walls His cane.
1: With. I don't know what he's walking around uh, with.
0: His cane?
1: I'm kidding, but I you mean. Think he
0: has a top hat and a monocle.
1: That, now, even that. I wouldn't like, but it does sound better.
0: It sounds like more sophisticated. (laughs) But I think that
1: that was what that was.
0: It could be. uh, Moshe's
1: like, oh, that could have been, you know, you have no proof it was the mountain lion. Well, who was it? We're in the woods. If it was a person, I guess I'm more scared. It could have been a
0: stick. It could have been anything. A stick? Yeah, the wind. It
1: was, Okay. Well, that was a low point.
0: Well, we w- what about the high points? We are on my ancestral land. We're surrounded by redwoods in a thick, verdant, nearly a rainforest.
1: We're also surrounded by children.
0: Yeah, there's like 5 kids here.
1: A lot of kids. A lot of questions from kids. Uh, I've been doing some really good meditation whenever a nine-year-old starts talking to me.
0: What's your meditation like?
1: I just start repeating like a mantra like om, om, or ram. (laughs) Like I just want it to end so that – and they don't care. They're not listening. They're just like talking at you a lot of times. Can I ask you a question? My child included.
0: Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Would you rather have a 45-minute conversation with a (laughs) nine-year-old or – Get mauled by a mountain lion and drug up to a a hilltop layer.
1: I would rather talk to the nine year old. But what is with them like they don't know anything and they always want to talk about the little that they know.
0: That is a that is a good point. I think when you're that young, it's not really about um...
1: they're like, do you know, the dog just touched me. And then when I touched her, her, her tongue came out and then her tongue went back in. And then did you know that the dog has brown hair? It's growing. The white dog is growing brown hair, but maybe there was coffee that was spilled on it. But then, I mean, it, it just it, it'll go on until you shut the door.
0: That's why I like mountain lions. They just knock twice and then eat you alive.
1: <laughs> no, we're surrounded by kids, but it's really great for our kid. I'm so glad that we were able to pod with another family, come to the woods, live commune style. We don't have a dryer, so there's like a constant like wet laundry hanging all around us. I'll which tell
0: you what. to the Aesthetically
1: peop- is a little challenging. To
0: the people that think I'm, I'm a cucked out soy boy, you should have seen me the last few weeks.
1: Moshe's on a rampage on a
0: tear I'd you're say. like
1: i would say your energy right now around home improvements is psychotic
0: uh-huh i would say your energy right now around <laughs> our romantic relationship <laughs> is toxic um i've been you've
1: I've, been going crazy though
0: i've stained a deck i've dug a ditch i've caulked a shower
1: now he's using an exacto knife to like
0: i some carpet carpeting work.
1: down and then he's like kids move and then all of a sudden there's like exacto knife like Danger.
0: I painted. I paint. I used bondo to paint uh, some dings out in my RV.
1: You helped make a shower. I
0: helped make a... I, I caulked an indoor shower. I helped make an outdoor shower. You we helped made
1: make a, a compost.
0: Uh, yep. And what have you done, by the way? What I've are been, some of the manual labor chores that you've done while we've been well, up
1: here? Well, I've been giving a lot of aesthetic advice about where things should go. Mm-hmm. I think that's helpful. How yeah. big the shower should be. What else? Um. Well, I've been watching our daughter mm-hmm. and three other kids. What else? Um, I've been, I've been doing a lot of things.
0: Now, what are some of the chores, like the manual labor kind of things? That Hi, I'm not
1: with? doing manual labor on your property. No,
0: Natasha has built herself like a uh, Cleopatra-like <laughs> bed on fu- uh, fuzzy moss that she's collected around the forest. And she has, she'll have two of the guys or two of the kids lift her up on it and she'll come and kind of observe the work and she'll fan flies away with a fly with like a, a royal fly swatter that she made.
1: I'm just saying, yeah. You know, oh, but here's there's been some very positive things, you know, apart from now that we're afraid to go outside. Um, I think that it's been really great in terms of wastefulness. Like I'm really learning about wastefulness. We have a compost. There's actually one of the most unique things about this property is that there's nowhere to put the garbage.
0: That so is you, the un, one of the unique facets <laughs> of this place.
1: Every day when you have garbage or whenever it fills up with well, with a, eight people, it really fills up. And it's so a,
0: it's a private road. So they don't have trash service. I
1: understand that. So we've been having to drive our garbage daily and then not only not only drive it, but then try to find a covert place <laughs> to dump it because you're not supposed to dump your trash. So it's a weird catch-22.
0: It's not really a catch-22. It's you guys are committing a crime.
1: (laughs) Well, you can also drive 40 minutes... To the dumpster. but The dump. To the dump, yes. But here's the thing. I, I've been finding it, and then there's a wood stove. And so like a lot of our, any paper that we have, we've been putting in the wood stove and burning. So that's keeping us warm. So that's cool. And then any food scraps that we have that aren't like, that are like fruits and vegetables, we put in the compost. The compost.
0: Now, how do we get a compost thing going? I bought it. And then what, What? how did it get put into the ground?
1: Well, you guys put it in, but I I shelled out the money for it. It was like $300. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I contribute. So anyway,
0: what are some of the other positives?
1: Um, well I wanted to keep talking about how cool it is. Wastefulness, I'm sorry. How cool it is to just learn what, you know, I feel like in LA we're just so it's so easy to have such a, a such a wasteful life. Yeah, so I, much waste. Why? Well, and you don't even have to think about it.
0: I I've been feeling like in LA I felt like my trash uh, amount of of disposable stuff was kind of non-negotiable i was like oh this is just how much trash i make and being up here has definitely made me shift like oh i could actually generate like a third less trash with a little teeny bit of focus and effort uh like the compost like the like the the what you're saying about burning the um Burning the trash, or we, I, and
1: then recyclables, we can we can definitely put those in town. So yeah, anything we, that we'd you can never recycle. heard
0: of recycling until we got up here. No, to the woods. but I
1: mean it helps it helps on the du- on the trash dump. Yeah, but I just think it's it's kind of fascinating, and I hope that when we go back, we can be so much more mindful about how much trash we're producing.
0: You know, another thing that I am going to take back with me when we get back to LA. Yeah, uh, I made a friend out here, and. I, and I think that's going to be a friendship that I'm going to keep with me in the in the big city. Who? Oh, his name is Mordecai Mountain Lion. <laughs> and he's coming home with us, honey.
1: Oh, my God. The
0: mountain lion always knocks twice.
1: I mean, the whole point of me coming here was so that my kid wouldn't watch TV. And now I'm so afraid of the mountain lion. I keep trying to lure her from outside to come inside and watch something.
0: Oh, now you're trying to get her <laughs> all back on the screen? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. Well, it's been a success then because then we can get back to L.A. and you can guilt-free put her in front of the screen. i mean what's the likelihood of getting eaten by a mountain lion it's a i guarantee here's one here's some she's two here's some what does that mean
1: i'm saying she's small she's definitely like she's not registering to the lion as an adult
0: here's what i will guarantee you think the lion is like
1: yeah i think they stay away from humans in general but not kids
0: here's the uh based on what what's that based on
1: uh googling
0: they said they eat kids
1: no, but they say every article says protect your small children and animals. And our neighbor's cat and dog just got eaten.
0: Here's what I think: eaten. I think in L.A. Our, and in a big city, our kid is about a thousand million percent more likely to get hurt in a in a car accident than to get mauled by a mountain lion up here. That's what. I, do you agree or disagree?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I don't know the statistics, but if anyone has any advice on fear, I'd really like to handle mine a little bit better because i hate being afraid of my surroundings
0: and if anybody has any tips on trapping and ca- capturing and <laughs> killing a mountain lion i have the camouflage but i don't know I, I was thinking it might be kind of fun to dig a gigantic hole mm-hmm. right cover it with um with uh, like palm leaves and then on the uh, and then there'll be a branch going over the hole and from that i'll put a uh, I'll, I'll put like a pot roast I'll tie up uh, a pot roast and dangle it over the hole. So the mountain lion, he's walking along, he knocking, he's adjusting his monocle and stuff. He's uh, twirling his cane like Mr. Bojangles. And he comes and he's like, oh my God, a pot roast. I love, I, f- I fucking love pot roast. And then he goes and leaps to grab the pot roast. And then he falls into the hole where he's then trapped at the bottom. I cover it with bamboo slats. I then put up a. Uh, billboards in the surrounding community uh, come see the mountain lion we become a tourist destination and then we both ca- get covid19 from one of the customers we both die from that but our daughter survives and she gets all the profit from the mountain lion business
1: you laugh but i i just read an article i'm reading this book about the end of los angeles <laughs> and there's a Country, I need to find out where this was, but they had so many earthquakes that they just let the fallen city become, uh, and, like a tourist attraction with a roller coaster through the earthquake, <laughs> through the ruins so that now their city, like tourism is up because people want to come. I love it.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Let's do some disaster capitalism. <laughs> but before we get to that, I don't know, Tosh, what do you think? Do you think we should, um, take a call?
1: Uh, yeah. Why not? Or should
0: we talk more about the woods? We've done so much here. It's so beautiful here. I mean, yes, life in the woods is more rugged. There are more challenges for sure. But also, uh, there's about two hundred cases of COVID nineteen in the entire county, and and, uh, and the county is you know about a thousand square miles or something. There's about I think there's four cases in the town that we're in. And we're living the life. We there's go to the there's beach.
1: definitely more mountain lions than COVID cases. That's
0: right. We go to the beach for sunset. We walk, And the beaches are like private beaches because we're so far north. There's nobody out there. I've been surfing every day. We've been going on walks. We've been doing, I, I don't know, something about doing this manual labor. Like I've been doing nothing but manual labor since I've been here. But I feel like I've been on five vacations. I feel really. I feel more alive than ever.
1: So this manual labor that you're doing is actually giving you energy?
0: Yeah, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling in touch with my... My grandfather's name was Dick, and uh, he built this place. And he was a man's man, uh, the non-Jewish side of the family. And um, and as Natasha said today, I got big dick energy. Uh, I, I'm feeling this, the ghost of my grandfather when I'm up here. It feels good to, to get something done. But anyway...
1: Well, I'm glad that you're feeling energized by it. I was until... I got word of the wild animals that are surrounding me. Well, Um,
0: let's see if we can't help people with their emotional wild animals. From the woods, we're going to call Simone in Portland, Oregon.
2: Hi, Simone. Hi, Moj. Hi, Natasha.
0: For the first time, we are looking on video at one of our callers. And I got to say, I didn't know that our callers were so beautiful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it does add an extra element of like, shit, now I have to say all this stuff and people can see me. I feel the oh, same that's pressure. Oh, that's a good point.
0: You know what? I feel the same pressure.
2: Maybe we'll never do it again.
0: Or maybe we could. you could also <laughs> turn your video off right now and we could pretend that you weren't on video. It's really up to you
1: let's
2: try it and if okay she... let's try it let's simone. try it
0: simone what's let's happening how are you how can we help
2: okay i need your advice because i'm single for about a year now and basically the way that i'm dating i can't tell whether i'm like a douchebag and super emotionally unavailable or if i'm a love addict to be honest i listened to i called i wanted to call in because i was like i'm a douchebag i feel like Classic fuck boy. But then I listened to Whitney Cummings' podcast, and I convinced myself that I'm a love addict. So maybe you can undo her
0: damage. <laughs> Wait, okay. I have a few questions. First of all, I know everything I need to know about you. I know what kind of music you listened to in high school. I know that you probably got into some trouble, but you you back back you used to listen to a lot of West Coast gangster rap. But you kind of got through that phase a little bit, and you like smoking blunts. But now you're growing up a little bit. I could just this is the the change when I can see people on video. I know you're back background but um (laughs) what is the difference between i'm curious i'm sure you are too natasha what's the difference between a fuck boy and a love addict how does a fuck boy act and how does a love addict act
2: i have no idea um i well i guess a love addict would be addicted to like the affection and the intimacy and maybe a fuck boy would like never let that happen which I feel like I'm kind of both so here's just to paint a picture going into like these dates this is the pattern that happens I'll I'll text it'll start out with texting and I'll let them know up front I'm not really trying to be somebody's girlfriend I still feel like happy being single i want my singledom and oh then yeah those we'll guys
0: make... the guys must be super bummed to get a text like that from a hot girl they're like oh no you don't want commitment i'm, oh, I'm out of here that's like <laughs>
2: and then um and then we'll have a date and i'll be like my most intimate open um vulnerable self and i i hear not to brag but i hear this a lot like I feel like I've known you for longer than I have. I really like you. Um, I have never said these, like, I hear a lot of secrets. So I'm being like this open book, vulnerable state. But I, and then after the date, I'm just like, Ugh, that's freaky. And I basically like back off. And the cycle repeats.
1: It sounds like maybe you haven't m- thought about what you really want. If you do want a partner, it sounds like you want to be single. And maybe you haven't met someone who's really like, kind of you've really been taken with
0: yeah that's true well i'm curious wait what's the part where you go ich, ich, what Ich, he liked me so much
2: <laughs> yeah yeah honestly <laughs> so wait
0: just so i'm clear your pattern is that you text a dude you're like i'm not really trying to get into anything emotionally serious and then time after time after time they go on one <laughs> date with you they're like oh my god you're so special. I feel like I've known you my whole life. I just I want to be with you, and you're like, Ugh, get me away. This is the pattern you're living in. It's
2: yeah. yeah is it possible
0: you're neither a fuck boy nor a love addict, but you're God's gift to men? Is that <laughs> is that possible?
2: <laughs> uh, no, that's not possible at all.
0: Where are you meeting these dudes?
2: Um. So I started on on Hinge. And, uh, then I realized that that seemed like for people who really wanted a relationship. So I moved to Tinder. Um, but it's kind of more of the same thing. You kind of just meet, you meet the same people just in a different platform.
0: And, and how often are you, uh, you, uh, you know, doing the old, the old popparoo. Having sex. With- yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> how often do you do that with them, with these guys?
2: Um, as often as i want which i have a pretty good track record
0: no i mean i know every man you've ever met falls in love with you (laughs) obviously you could convince seduce them if you wanted to no i'm just i guess what i'm asking is like i'm 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 a little confused are you at all like i can't quite figure out what you want like you're saying you 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 don't want commitment you go out but after one day you're like but then how how does that make you a fuck boy if you're not fucking these boys right i mean you gotta are you oh
2: no i am i am having sex with them
0: so you oh okay so you go you fuck them and then you say ugh.
2: it's not that i say ugh because i haven't ghosted and i'm not a dick to anybody but i just like as soon as i hear that they like me i freak out Oh. Okay. um i start sort of backpedaling uh i uh, simone I, I have a
1: question wh- what do you want yeah. from a relationship
2: I want, like, my feelings for someone to slap me in the face where I don't have to think about whether or not I like them. I right. just know.
0: You're too mm. busy getting slapped in the face with that Diak. <laughs> but not slapped in the heart, right? I mean...
2: You want to
1: get slapped in the heart. Yeah, not slapped yeah, in the I wanna heart. Get, I want to get heart slapped. <laughs>
0: I mean... Simone, I gotta tell you, uh, your your problem sounds familiar because you're sounding a, a lot like me right now. This really? is sounding like exactly my dating life until me and Natasha got serious. Like the whole thing. Did
2: you thing. get hard slapped?
0: I mean, what? Honestly, if I'm being if I'm being totally honest, Natasha did, and I just was down because she I wanted a dual income. Um, but no, I think. <laughs> I think actually, I don't know if you have any thoughts, Tosh, but I, I I, think I know what's up here. Okay. Well, I, I was exactly, I, I, this was exactly my pattern. I would tell people I'm not really trying to get into anything serious. I would keep chasing this kind of dopamine feeling of what I thought love was, is that love is supposed to be like a drug where you go and you're yeah. high and you're like, oh my God, oh, this is undeniable. And then you can kind of... that. You, you never have to like look below that. And then the moment that that little like uh, endorphin feeling of what I thought love was supposed to feel like would like wane a little bit, I'd be like, yikes, I got to get the fuck out of here because I, that is going away. And when that, and like, no, did I get heart slapped by Natasha? I mean, obviously, but also I did like tons of work around f- figuring out what l- love actually was. Like, I always thought it was like a feeling and love i think isn't really a feeling it's like it's a it's a, it's an action and it's like a, 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 a kind of a life thing like the the book i read have i talked about the i think i have the the road less traveled it was this like it was it, it was this book old book from like the 60s about intimacy and love and it totally changed like the way that i thought about romance and love and it says like that w- when we when we talk about love a lot of times what we're talking about is lust but I, and I didn't really I didn't really like that um I, I didn't really like that that phrasing. But I think what they were talking about is that feeling that like that high and um.
2: Can I ask you a question based on like going off of what you're saying right now? Do you think that that lust feeling is important to have in the beginning?
0: That's a really good question. Yes,
1: and I think for you. If you just said no a little more like when someone does something even in the beginning stages and you're kind of like oh I know that's gonna annoy me like maybe like move on don't stay yeah. with don't stay with things I, I would just try to say no a little more
0: but I, yeah I, I that feeling all I think it's important. But I think it always goes away a hundred percent of the time. And I was never willing to let it go away because I thought that was the whole thing. I thought that's what love was. So But
1: she's talking about the early stages of the relationship. Lust shouldn't be going away like on your fourth date.
0: No, for sure. I'm all I'm saying is that like once I changed the way that I was like looking at what love or, or relationships were, then mm-hmm. then everything started to shift. Like when Natasha and I because I was like a hoe, but when Natasha and I first started dating, I was like kinda I mean, my first, I, I told her, well, I want to wait and see where this goes because I, I already know what sex with somebody feels like. What I'm trying to figure out is if I can cultivate like a relationship with somebody. So, like, my first mm-hmm. feeling, automatic feeling, is that, you, is that it's probably not really useful for you to be setting the terms of what you don't want before you've even met a guy. Like, it, that's a defense yeah. mechanism, obviously. Oh, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get into anything serious. Like, so just so you know, before I even meet you, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be out. Like, you're already saying, like, I'm out. <laughs> I, I'm out before I'm in.
2: Yeah, I, I basically, you're so right. I am. I'm, like, saying hi and bye at the same time. Yeah, yeah you're very
0: right. So, I mean. So, I, what
2: can
1: she do next time to, w- to maybe not do that?
0: Well, I'm actually curious what you want.
2: I guess you're I guess you asking me what I want is like making it clear that I want to be single. Maybe I was living under the delusion that you could be single and have, you know, the, the romantic life that felt intimate, but wasn't. Mm. And that's sort of like, I guess the sex in the city dream that a lot (laughs) of people are sold doesn't actually exist. Um,
0: Maybe yeah. there is
2: no middle ground where you can have casual, intimate sex and still not be attached. So maybe it just will go celibate until I'm ready to actually date.
1: Yeah. Or maybe there's like one person that you can kind of do that with. Or a couple. I don't know.
0: Or maybe there's like 15 guys that you can keep hooking up with and keep, <laughs> and keep going to the well. I mean, no, I'm serious. I wasn't, I'm not like even talking shit like i I, like there's nothing wrong with prom. in my opinion with promiscuity it's just that if it's just that eventually if that's not what you want it will become increasingly uh, unsatisfying and so you'll keep going to these you know i was i used to describe it as um fucking people i wouldn't have lunch with (laughs) you know what i'm talking about (laughs) like and i would be like damn why am i like in the most intimate situation i could be with you i don't even like like talking to you. <laughs> you you know what i mean and but i did that a bunch of times until that became kind of tiresome and then i did this i would do the, i would toggle between these unbelievably un, un uh shallow relationships where i would fuck people that i barely had anything in common with or i'd have these unbelievably intense situations that i hadn't done any work uh to actually cultivate a relationship with so they would just like explode almost immediately and they would never go anywhere and like i said i I started working on myself, like a relationship, I don't think is a goal, should be a goal for everybody, but I started working on myself and I started realizing like, oh, I'm chasing a drug feeling when it comes to relationships. And, and what I need to be doing is like, ch- ch- you know, like changing myself, kind of getting myself yeah. ready. But I hear what you're saying yeah. too. You're, you're saying I want to be single, but I don't want my sex to feel transactional. I want it to feel intimate and sweet, but, uh, and emotional, but without any of the commitment. And yeah, that dude might exist, but it's going to be difficult finding him. You're a lot more likely to find yeah. a bunch of trash.
1: Okay, well, yeah, yeah. I I think that you just like I said, just say no, like, you know, just a little bit more.
0: You think that that would help?
1: Yeah, because I think it creates space for yourself and then you get closer to what you want. If you're always like distracting yourself with people that you're not that interested in, it leaves very little time for it depends on what kind of person you are, but I need a lot of like self-reflection and time alone.
2: Yeah. I I can relate to that.
0: I have a suggestion I just realized. You need to find a booty call that is the sex is like dynamite, but you actually dislike the person. <laughs> Not that they're dis- not that they're disrespectful, but you're like, I do not like talking to you, and you guys have a relationship where that's really clear. Like this is never going anywhere. So you can get all your dick needs met, and you can work on getting your heart ready for uh, for when it gets slapped or not. You can kind of be like, okay, well, when I need sex, I go, I go, I go, fuck that dude, and then. In the meantime, I'm doing workshops, I'm reading books, I'm getting I'm getting my heart ready to get slapped. And then one day that person You're going to get
1: Oh yeah, go ahead. What? I was going to say she's going to get heart slapped.
0: Let's yeah, I want you. Well, I mean, I don't know. I was I'm tempted to say I hope you find you get heart slapped, but it's like some people just need to chill and not be in a relationship and just like get to know themselves.
1: And it doesn't mean you have to say you're a love addict or any or put any sort of negative uh, you know, negative term on yourself
0: i love that yeah
2: whitney
1: (laughs) uh okay well good luck simone i
0: want to say though before you go i love that natasha what you just said like i do think a a pattern i hear in callers that call in is everybody's trying to pathologize themselves am i a slut or am i a love addict am i you you know am i am i emotionally unavailable am i it's like just like you're just a person and we're all figuring out what is a very difficult in bit of a
1: very fucked up world right now so yeah, no uh, so yeah be easy on yourself and yeah. uh good luck
0: good luck i hope you get Thank that you heart slap
1: okay bye bye
0: i related to simone i really got that like i don't know for me it was like a lot of my dating I, I know i was talking a lot but it was because i mean i always talk a lot but it was because i really was like relating to what she was saying it's like it was dating for me i felt like i was so not in control of the way that i thought about love and romance like i just really felt like i was the victim of my own thinking you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and like reading that book like i remember one other thing that it said in there that i thought was really intense was like love so it, it, it it says that love is that that's not what love is love is that's what lust is is that feeling of endorphins that always goes away and what you're left with at the end after that dissipates is whether or not you're in love with that person because love isn't that feeling love is the set of actions that you do to as it described like putting another person's spiritual well-being ahead of yours like really caring about that person and and, and then it said and this really kind of blew my mind because i was such an emotional coward for such a long time, the minute something intense would happen, I would press the eject button. And the minute I, uh, my my fear was at risk, I would be out. It said love always takes courage and always takes sacrifice. And I had this realization re- reading that line, like I'd never done anything courageous or emotionally courageous in my dating life, in my life. The second something got intense, I would bounce. And so that's what I, that's was the kind of information that I brought to when we started dating and, and it was years before that that I started working on it was like when I get scared in the early stages I don't know if I ever told you this in the early stages of our dating life I would uh, my m- my head would tell me like this is getting like something's changing you gotta go you get out of this and then the thing the tool that I had gained was knowing that that was a as my old AA sponsor used to say that was a movie playing in my head and I could choose not to watch it right? I would hear that voice tell me like, eject, eject, run. And I would go, Oh, that's, that's like, that's my fear rat brain talking to me. I don't have to pay any attention to that. And then that would pass and then it would come again and I would ignore it again. And then it would pass. Then eventually it went away. And then here I am.
1: Well, welcome.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Uh,
3: can we listen to some secrets? Yeah. Hi, Moshe, Natasha. Um, I have a secret, and more than anything, I think it would be healthy to kind of get it off my chest. Um, My in-laws are just, they're fine people, but I can't stand them. It's just good to say that. They're so annoying. They're so fake, nice, and you can't joke around with them. I, literally, I tried to make a joke to my father-in-law, and he just gave me the coldest look. And it's so unnatural to just hang out with them. I don't know what to do about it. I don't think there's anything to do about it. But um, I just hope my kid get his sense of humor from my side of the family. <laughs> because Jesus Christ, these people. Anyway, thank you. Um, have a great day.
0: You don't feel that way, do you? You love your in-laws, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you that's do, a right? that's a yes. That's a very funny one though that they have no sense of humor. Like, I want to hear an example. I know. Because like that that would be it, so I yeah, I could feel it in her voice that like they seem really rough. And also, I would suggest have some boundaries about how often you get to hang out with
0: oh, them. Oh, I'm with you. However much you're going over there, Cut it in half.
1: Yeah, like I think that's totally fine. You know, I, I think that I think you can say to your spouse, which I've said to Moshe, like you can hang out with your family as much as you want, but for me it's good like once a week. And I what, told him that.
0: And I told my mom that. She was very <laughs> upset. She was really upset.
1: Once a week I think is pretty generous. Yeah,
0: that's a lot. No, you How can,
1: often do you hang out with my mom?
0: You can, well, she lives in Illinois.
1: You probably hung out with her like ten times your whole life. Well, I she... hang out with your family once a week
0: anyway i'm with you like but i was picturing it though it's like the first time a jew has dinner at a protestant's house you're like oh whoa people are like this okay okay oh i would love the casserole and you're like this is so okay oh the fruit comes in a dish Uh, why is nobody screaming you know like
1: what do they talk about at the table do you think
0: what these these in laws? Yeah, like oh, I could just picture it. There's like a there's a certain kind of person that's like so stiff it creates like a thick air, you know, and like there's no looseness or or, or fun to the to the culture of the family. Oh, that's a that's a rough one. Oh, that's a rough one. But I do I totally agree with you. Grin and bear it. Cut your amount of of attendance in half and never ever talk shit to your husband, <laughs> even though that's impossible. That seems impossible.
1: Oh, but use it, use it, and you could talk s- about it with friends. You know,
0: start farting at the at the table <laughs> with them, and just say, "Oh, excuse me," and that'll and that'll be a private joke for you.
1: And sometimes it's fun to be around completely humorless people because it's funny.
0: Yeah, but then if knowing that you'll never get them out of your life, that's rough. Ooh,
1: that sucks.
0: Should we play another secret? Yeah.
3: Hi, Moshe. Hi, Natasha. Um, so here's my secret: I uh, live in America for most of the time, but I'm also Turkish. And I do this fun thing where I will take some boy that I may be flirting with and I will tell all of my Turkish friends that I am in a serious relationship with them and kind of fabricate these stories. And so all of my Turkish friends think that I have had multiple relationships with men that maybe barely know my name and then also vice versa.
1: Okay, that seems very exhausting
0: and unnecessary. <laughs> why? And like slightly pathological. Y- yeah what What's the what is the gain from that? Uh, your Turkish friends being like, "Oh, oh, she, mm, she's such a American wild woman." I I don't quite get it. And also, and if
1: there was a gain, it's kind of bad.
0: But also, why not? Uh, the funny part is that you need. I do relate to this though. Like when you lie. It's it's harder to lie whole cloth than it is to lie with a strand of truth. Like you don't need to be telling these Turkish people about a real date you went on, and it's you could just be like, "Yeah, I went on a date with a, a a model from Amsterdam." I mean, you could just make these people up, but instead, she's like taking these mediocre guys that she meets in the United States and telling her Turkish friends, like, "Oh." Oh, this was great. And then on the other hand, she comes back and she's like, I met I met a Turkish delight. I met just a just a, a lovely o- ottoman and just laid him laid him down over a fez and just made sweet, sweet Turkish love. What's oh, the point? I don't know. You know what they call that though? Hm. Call it talking turkey. <laughs> Let's play another secret. <laughs>
3: Okay, so in middle school in eighth grade, I had a crush on this guy, and I created a completely fake online identity, fake Facebook, fake email. I, like, posed as a guy from a middle school far away and, like, came up with this whole narrative of how I knew people at his high middle school and befriended all these people to, like, build the background, and then I befriended him, and we had, like, an experience Intensive emotional relationship as bros and <laughs> finally after all this. I asked him if he liked me uh, As his bro, and then he was like kind of not really And it was all for nothing and now I don't and now I'm transgender So it's, Well, I've always been transgender, but it's funny that I did this whole posing as a guy thing, and I'm really gay, so I don't know what any of that was, really. Love the show.
0: Wait, hold on. I want to get to the... Yeah? I you... love
1: her. I, I like...
0: Him? Her? We we don't know what that person's pronouns were.
1: Well, they were cool.
0: Yeah, wait. Okay, hold on. I'm trying to figure out the math of it. Uh, so they were... Not out as trans, so... So living as a female, but posed as a male to befriend a male that then they created a friendship, a bro friendship with, and then asked that person if they liked this, her, her their real persona, which was a female. And then the guy's like, nah, not really. But maybe that guy was gay because now I think what they're saying is like, they came out as trans, so now they're a guy. And so that, I got to say, I think that that was a homosexual love affair. I'm pretty sure.
1: Well, I think the secret part of it was that they created a fake lure kind of thing. And I just, when, when they were talking, I realized I did that once. Did you really? Like a long time ago. I remember I thought, I, like when I just started we'd started using computers i was dating this guy and facebook had just come out and i was like i wonder if i could catch him with this if he'll ask this girl to be his friend
0: oh so but you were a, you stayed a girl
1: well it wasn't me it was like a fake it was like before catfish was it like but I, it was
0: a girl in the profile yes and did they
1: i don't remember i was trying to like like i said that she was all into musical theater <laughs> Because I thought that would like capture, like that captures attention. The real, and I knew he liked redheads.
0: How weird was the early days of the <laughs> internet when strangers were talking to each other, like for no, uh, just that was the bulk of the internet was just like saying hi to a stranger.
1: Strangers are still talking to each
0: other. Yeah, I guess, but on dating apps, at least there's an overt like I'm interested in dating. This was like I'm just <laughs> yeah. a man and you're a, a person, and do you like Denny's? And then you'd like. Try to meet up, and I would try to like meet random. It wasn't even overtly romantic. It'd be like, Could we, do you want to meet up?"
1: I guess I just told a secret on this podcast.
0: You had a secret. So, did the person clicked yes on the friend request? I
1: think they did, but then, and I don't even know what my end goal was. It all is so stupid and immature. How old were you? I don't know. Probably thirty.
0: <laughs> you were thirty? No, no way.
1: Twenty-eight. You were twenty-six, like a maybe. Full
0: adult for sure. <laughs> really. I'm talking, for I, my stuff was like 14 when I was talking about the let's meet up. I don't know. Wait, you were 30?
1: No, I was trying to catch the boy, the, the the guy I had.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't ask you about that. I already got that narrative pretty clear. Maybe I
1: was 25. I don't know.
0: And you made a fake profile thinking that somehow if that person connected to that guy. That he was
1: cheating. I was trying to prove in my head because I thought he was cheating on me.
0: Oh, you were with him? Yeah. Oh, I misunderstood that. Yeah. I see. And what happened?
1: I don't remember. It was like, it was a dumb idea. Or maybe he never even clicked on it and it just died. (laughs) I think that's probably what
0: happened. So you were trying to (laughs) prove that your man was stepping out on you by creating a (laughs) redheaded musical theater nerd that he would not be able to resist? (laughs) Like, the Phantom of the Opera. Is here. He's like, ooh, say it again. Never tell you about the time. I don't know if I ever talked on this podcast about the time we went to see the Phantom of the Opera, and there was this like theater, musical theater dork sitting next to me, literally like hush, like whisper singing the entire musical in my in my ears. Like the Phantom of the Opera. Is, ah, what did my you mind. do? It was so annoying. Like just fucking. It was so. Who would ever want that? Do
1: you say you say something? I know you. You said something. I bet.
0: I don't know if I said. something. Oh, you know, she,
1: here's a classic for the theater. It works really well, and everyone does it.
0: Shh. What is? It? You say.
1: You just. Oh. It's not rude. It's not like can you please stop singing?
0: Okay, so you say. You put your finger... To, you're telling me... I'm saying I know it's a basic. When someone's making noise, you put your finger up to your lip and you make a, a sh- an SH sound? No,
1: no. Here's why, though, I'm saying. Don't, don't, don't talk to people. Then you get into fights and you ruin everybody's... You know what I mean? Like, people are too aggressive. Right. Just kindly shush them.
0: No, I mean, honestly, uh, people are aggressive. In fact, at that very show, there was a man... I saw a man at that very show that um, dropped a chandelier on a whole party <laughs> inside my mind. Should we do another call?
1: Uh, yeah, I want to I want to see someone else.
0: Let's see another person.
1: Now we're going to call Elena in Redondo Beach.
0: Elena
4: Yes, Elena. Elena, how's it going? What's happening? Hey.
0: Hi. How's Redondo?
4: <laughs> it is so nice. The weather is amazing and I'm grateful to be here.
0: Beautiful. So. Oh, You've got a very good spirit. Elena, how can we help? Why did you contact us? What's going on?
4: Okay, uh, so um, I'm dating and it's dating is hard enough as it is, but um, I'm successful and it's been an issue with men in dating you're financially successful yes financially successful and i've worked really really hard to get here right i grew up really poor and i was homeless so to go from that to where i am now where i have multiple degrees and i have a really really good job now like when i'm dating sometimes it's like men are like off-put by it or um like my first boyfriend he was my high school sweetheart and we were together for a long, long time. And as soon as I started making more money than him, he would get upset. Like, he would literally say, oh, that's more than what I make. And I'm like, well, it's fine. You know, it's our money, you know, whatever. And eventually I had to start lying to him because he would get upset each time that I would get a promotion or a raise. Um, Wait, were then... you guys married? No, but we were together for like 10 years. And you you shared your money with him?
0: I, I also was confused, it. I was like, damn... I like Motion,
1: a, I have separate bank accounts. I was like, I,
0: Elena seems like a bit, yeah. of a, a bit of a catch to me. She's like, hey, it's our money. I'm so successful. Anybody I date, it's half yours.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we were together for over 10 years. That's fair. So it was more, we were like common law, whatever. I like, still... We were together for eight years. But Don't you still um, want to have your own account, though? No, what
0: are you talking about right now? Me? Yeah, you, your money's my money.
4: I like to have my own account.
0: Wait, Elena, what do you do?
4: Um, I work uh, in analytics, so I work with numbers and
0: stuff. Working in analytics over here, intimidating. Yeah. Well, the problem is obvious. I do mean, it's you, obvious. Okay. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's the she's talking about being a woman, right? And men are emasculated by her, and yeah, that's really hard, you know, because yeah, when you're a powerful person, a powerful woman. I mean, there are a lot of great men who want a woman who is like kind of beneath them a little bit.
0: What do you mean, great men that want a woman? That I'm just is, saying, that's the, no, like great pro-
1: men in the sense that, like, they are like catches and they're. But there's this, like, why a, would they
0: be a catch if they want a woman that's beneath them?
1: Because they're smart and funny, and you, you know, you start dating them, and then you realize, oh, that's like, that's not one of their, um, like for example, Moshe, he wants a successful person.
0: I'm trying to hustle he's my not, lady.
1: He's not really attracted if the girl is like. You know, I I would think if, if she was maybe like living off, you know, like just a stay at home mom or something or she was. Listen, uh, I'm attracted
0: to stay at home moms a, as a- much as the next guy I watch. <laughs> there's actually a category of video that I watch. It's all about stay at home moms and no, how hot they are.
1: You just you always get mad if I say I want to stay home. You're like, I like you to be out like doing things and being
0: successful and like. You know, if you say you're going to quit the industry and yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The problem is obvious. It's not you being too intimidating. It's you dating a bunch of trifling ass dudes that don't like powerful women. Like, honestly, uh, this is my my first blush. My first question is, like, who are these dudes that you're dating? Like, why are you dating a bunch of dudes that are so threatened by a successful woman? It sounds like just some immature little. I mean, if you'd let
1: the women talk.
0: No, hold on. Let me. I got this.
1: I think that it's, you don't understand, it's like it's subtle, Moshe.
4: Right? Well, like, for in the first one, we were both in similar fields. I was just better. <laughs> and like I just got promoted.
0: <laughs> um, I could see so that it wasn't like he was
4: a loser. But, like, the second guy I dated, initially, he was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm, like, proud to be with somebody who's like this. But then, after a year, like, there was, like, resentment. And um, I can, like, he made like less than half what I did and he wanted to get a new job making more than what I made and and I'm like why would you choose that no and then but yeah and so now but what's worse now is with COVID a lot of people have been furloughed so then there's somebody who I sort of like I'm into him but he doesn't even have a job because he's furloughed but he had a good job I'm so... sorry.
0: Anybody that's threatened by a successful woman is a fucking loser. I mean, that's just like it, <laughs> I, I can't be more blunt than that. Like you're a fucking complete. Not only, not even on a feminist level. It's like it's good for you if your partner is balling. You get to have balling shit. Like I, I've had
1: partners that I've been jealous of, and I really hated it. And it was, you know, it's it's definitely hard. And I think that, you know, being a woman, it's it's just got different challenges you know you want to be open
4: with the man about everything but resentment can creep in and then yeah, you- so how do I weed that out because like, I thought my ex was fine. But then all of a sudden, after a few months, like resentment started growing. So I, I think do I, deal with that? I think that if the resentment grows,
1: and you can talk about it, if you really love him, and if he's not willing, you could just say, listen, one of my non negotiables in life is to be with someone who's like really excited about my success. And also, I don't know if this is true for you, but also makes their own money. You don't have to say that. But it, it's important to me to be with someone who makes their own money. Right. I I like that. Definitely. You know, so you need to tell him and if he's not responsive, then you need to move on because that's one of your non-negotiables.
0: Yeah. Maybe you could say on your dating profile, uh, I'm a strong independent woman and I make money. And if that threatens (laughs) you in any way, you can kick rocks. And if you you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve (laughs) me at my best or something like that. (laughs) I honestly, I just like, I, it's a, it is. I, I, It is the lowest instinct on earth to say, my partner's success... Has any reflection on my success? It's a low and pathetic instinct, and like no one's mm-hmm. ever having this conversation in the other direction, where there's like mm-hmm. a man out there, like I don't know, there's a this woman and I'm dating her, I like her, but she makes a little less than me, and she can't stand it. It's like no <laughs> one is having that conversation. It's exclusively yeah. a bunch of fucking insecure. I I, I swear I, this isn't even like a feminist point. This is just like a grow up point. It's a, the mm. most insecure loser. Is like you're making, you got a raise, D- uh, that bothers me. It's just like well, that's crazy. It's like you read a book, I didn't read <laughs> yeah. a book.
1: And like- also, a lot of this has to do with people's personalities and attitudes towards themselves and money. So it you could have a you could be dating someone who's really rich, but is still like or makes tons of money, and but is still doesn't have a who's more successful than you but still is threatened, is, by, is threatened by your success. Totally. So it's like it doesn't matter what their income level is either. It's, it's all an outlook in life. And that's like what you really want in a partner is someone who like shares your outlook. And cheers and, for
0: you when you succeed.
1: Yeah. And so like those are the important things when it comes down to everything else. So but
0: here's my question, though. My Elena so far this is great You've got a great rags to riches story You're a success <laughs> yeah. with, mul- with multiple degrees And you, you're an analytic, analytics wizard The only thing mm. I'm seeing That you're fucking up in is how come you keep mm-hmm. finding these dudes that are threatened by your success? I, it's, There's got to be something up with the people you're picking. There's no way you have a – a cha- not every man is that insecure that, that five men in a row are like, I can't help you making more money. Is it, what's, <laughs> who are these dudes?
4: Well, I didn't date as an – I never dated until I dated as an adult a few years ago. So I just was, for lack of a better word, like hoeing it up. Just like if I thought we clicked a little bit, I'd go on a date with them and – So I dated enough men where that was a problem like I saw a consistent trend where it was like the security for that place or an Uber driver because I'm over here like what if they're the one and I'm just like blowing them off because they just happen to not have a good job. Elena,
0: you're very smart with analytics and stuff but I'm not sure you know what a hoe is. She's like I was hoeing it up. I'd be like any man I met, I'd be like I think you're the one. I love you. No, like, that's a cla- was classic be. hoe move. No, she, e- she would go on a date ev- with Every us. hoe would be like I love this man. No,
1: she gave them no. her
4: valuable money-making time. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just dating a lot. Yeah.
0: I think that's the thing is the thing you have power over is not the, uh, sexist men that are insecure by women's success, but it's in honing your picker. If you're that smart and you've got all these degrees, you should sharpen your picker because you're smart enough for that too.
1: I have a way that you can sharpen it is just being very direct with people. I think that's like one thing I like about seeing more women in the forefront, like just seeing women speaking to men in, you know, a sort of dominating way. Like even just watching the, the vice presidential <laughs> debates and and seeing Kamala yeah. Harris talk to Joe or talk to Mike Pence it's like I don't know it's like just imagine yourself to be someone who's going to get what you want and you sometimes you have to be really blunt and just talk to people and ask them what they think and and what what you're willing to stand for and what you're not Yeah. yeah. And I think you feel good and weed people out a little bit. But also, and whatever your way of doing that is just being really
4: honest with yourself. Yeah. I think that's a
0: what do you think, Elena? Are we nailing just, it? Are we getting close?
4: Yeah. No, I, I feel like everything what you're saying is totally resonating and it totally makes sense. Um, I just didn't want to make it. I think I was going in a certain direction where I felt like I was being like elitist where I was like, no, well, you have to like be at this level or make this much because I just didn't want to deal with the male ego like that fragile but that's what I'm
0: saying I'm saying the problem is not that you're not dating rich enough men the problem is that you're dating men (laughs) who are not rich enough emotionally to celebrate your successes like they could be broke as hell and be like this is great I got this powerful successful uh girlfriend and I'm working on my passion even though it doesn't make me any money I mean honestly to me it sounds like you're dating a bunch of trifling ass dudes and it's like maybe Maybe, here's a theory, because I grew up super impoverished too, you know. Yeah. I grew up poor as fuck. And the, the, the transformation uh, as you become working towards success, it like, it isn't always, uh, like, you've worked a lot on education but maybe you're still dating dudes that are not financially beneath you but just emotionally beneath you like yeah. maybe that, that is maybe something that you haven't fully you haven't gotten your your master's degree in emotional <laughs> maturity yet like maybe you need to hone right. that weapon and like make your emotional uh uh you know the the people you're picking raise up to the level of of the of the jobs that you're picking. And I don't mean that like an elitist like you gotta go find rich guys. I mean like (laughs) you know, finding people that are are your equals in every way. Not just financially, but like emotionally too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Elena, well good luck. Thank you.
4: I really appreciate it. Well
0: I mean anybody would be lucky to have you. In fact if you could leave your phone number just in case this doesn't work out I'm not by a successful woman. All right, bye, Elena. Bye. All
4: right, bye, thank you. I
0: I, I really do think that that is just the lowest. One of the best things about our relationship is that we're both successful. And like I don't know, I used to hate dating people where I'd be like, I guess I'll be paying for everything from now on. All of it? All of your food. I gotta feed I have to feed you?
1: Well, but that's not exactly fair because what if a woman is like spending all of her energy with kids?
0: Well, that was not usually what was happening in the beginning of my dating with them.
1: No, I know. But I'm saying if you're in a partnership and...
0: Well, that's totally different though. You can If you're with... I'm not saying the person has to be financially successful. I'm just saying like when you first start dating someone, they should have goals and for me anyway, they should have goals and dreams and be working towards something. Now, if at some point in the future you both go like, okay... Now we're gonna renegotiate because we want to have a family and our things are different. That's fine. But it's just like that instinct is just like stomach churning to me. That your 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 girlfriend gets a raise and you're like, But
1: no, here's but here's the thing. Sometimes it happens because the man gets afraid that he's intimidated by your success because he's afraid you'll leave them.
0: That's pathetic. I know, but
1: I'm just saying it's like it's not just because it's not so black and white. There's so many different reasons why that kind of those those that resentment can creep in
0: how come it doesn't work the other way with a woman i'm just saying i'm not saying no woman's ever been resentful at their man i
1: their, i remember when i first moved to hollywood the guy i was dating had an agent and i was i was like so jealous that he had an agent
0: and was that a, you'd think probably a pretty healthy instinct <laughs>
1: But I'm just saying like it happened to me and like it was it was a bad relationship. You know what I mean? Maybe
0: I just don't relate to it because when I was like a touring comedian, I always used to think like, you know, what would be perfect to date is like a really busy doctor who can like pay all the bills (laughs) and not mind that I'm on the road all the time. But like I love that you're successful. There's nothing about your success that's threatening to me. And it's not because I'm an enlightened man. It's because I'm not a fucking child. (laughs)
1: Well, Moshe, you know what? That's why I love you.
0: Whoa, you love me? (laughs) Well, damn, I love you too.